0: article has gotten quite a bit of traction so let's get right into it. I wrote about distribution and why it is so critical in today's hip-hop culture. Look at all of the big deals that we currently see. The moves that Kanye West has done with Adidas, what Drake has done, Jay-Z, Beyonce. They are all partnering with big long-standing corporations in order to make sure that their products and services can get to as many corners of the world as possible. This is a pretty big shift from where hip-hop was just 20 years ago. Think back to 1999. Let's go back there for a second and think about all of the brands that you saw when you are walking around the street or that you probably had in your own closet and that some of you might still have in your own closet. There was the Mark Echo, Mecca, Inichi, FUBU. All of these brands were prevalent, and that's because rappers were launching them themselves and building it from the ground up. And there's something to be said for that entrepreneurial spirit, right? A lot of these were black-owned businesses and black entrepreneurs that were leveraging the brand that they've built through hip-hop and extending that elsewhere. And the difference between these two approaches can stir up some strong opinions either way for obvious reasons. Because if you follow the route that today's biggest hip hop artists have done, it creates a dependency cycle where you need the big longstanding companies to provide artists with all the money that they need in order to fund the entrepreneurial endeavors that they do. The companies that are built from the ground up can never truly catch up with the larger organizations if they're dependent on them in order to happen. 11 years ago, Jay-Z signed a landmark deal with Live Nation. This was essentially a 360 deal, but this wasn't the type of 360 deals that often get hated on. Jay-Z had a tremendous amount of leverage and can dictate the terms himself. As part of that, Live Nation helped Jay-Z launch Roc Nation as a joint venture. He also got Millions of dollars up front, including $25 million specifically allocated for Jay Z to go fund the other things that he's done. So, when you think about Jay Z's investments in Uber or a lot of the companies that he's invested in, some of the social justice things that he's done, he's put his money towards apps that target and identify black owned businesses. It's clear that these are still causes that are important to him, but they come from the large deal that he was able to do with the largest concert promoter in the world and since Jay-Z has a tremendous amount of influence in hip-hop his moves have carried weight and this is why this is the dominant cycle we see today. It's essentially a four-part process which is a flywheel that continues to grow. Number one, partner with a global firm. That's what Jay-Z did with Live Nation. Number two, gain mass distribution as a benefit of partnering with that firm as we know Jay-Z's deal with Live Nation led to Rock Nation led to agreements for him to go on tour and get a certain amount of advances to tour across the world with each album that he had moving forward step number three is to make money from those deals and gain influence yes Jay-Z was influential in 2008 but think about all that he's accumulated since then. And step four, the last step of the flywheel, is to then launch new ventures and support others. This whole topic is very relevant to an event I went to just last week. Andreessen Horowitz, the venture capital firm, hosted a talk with Dapper Dan, longtime fashion designer who grew his claim to fame in Harlem during the 80s, designing high-end luxury products like Gucci and others for celebrities, entertainers, and others that came through to his shop. And he recently wrote a memoir. So those of you that follow The Breakfast Club or Rap Radar have likely seen clips of Dapper Dan coming through, talking, and promoting his book. And he's lived a very interesting life. If you ever just heard somebody talk and you realize that they could just go on with one question that they have, there's two people that have stuck out to me more than anyone with this. One is Michael Eric Dyson. I went to a talk that he did a couple years ago, and I think the interviewer asked him maybe two and a half questions, and he talked for the entire 60 minutes that he had allotted. Daffer Dan was very similar. Towards the end of it, Ben Horowitz, who was interviewing him, had said, so my last question is, and I just cracked up to myself because I don't think that Ben actually asked a question. This just speaks to the storytelling style and dynamic that Dapper Dan had. He did bring up one very interesting point that was relevant to this. He focused on the importance of distribution several times during his conversation. He went as far as to say that he isn't just going to concentrate on getting the black dollar. He wants to focus on that global culture and encourage the audience to Work and partner with long standing established organizations that have that distribution before you even think about trying to launch something yourself. Part of me understood where Dan was coming from. If I was trying to launch the type of operation that he did in 1980s Harlem, yes, there are a lot of distribution and supply chain challenges that he experienced and that anyone would experience if they're trying to do this from the ground up. The difference between what a self-starting entrepreneur can do potentially achieve versus what someone that has a strong partnership can do is a pretty sizable gap and to some extent there still is that gap today. There is a reason why Rihanna has her partnership with LVMH and why it's been celebrated as it has because that's going to give her benefits that she may not have otherwise had. With that being said though it isn't quite as impossible as Dapper Dan's example might make it seem. Context is important and it all depends on what you are trying to do and build. Remember, Master P is still one of the richest people in hip-hop and a majority of his wealth has been created from brands and companies and partnerships that he started himself. He's created his own sports agency. He now has his own movie production house. He has all these different businesses. The dollar amount that's associated with them are much smaller than let's say what a Kanye West might have with Adidas but because Master P is the person that is owning everything he gets to take home much more of that top line revenue that than someone that has a big partnership might have. The thing is even with Master P's approach there still are some limitations to his mentality as well. He was on the record recently saying that Black Panther didn't do as much for the black community as it could have because the black community did not produce it and therefore did not bring home a majority of the profits. To go as far as to say it didn't benefit black folks at all is a pretty big stretch considering the type of projects and the type of movement that we've now seen in Hollywood and will continue to see moving afterward and being able to have the buy-in from big production matters both for the small projects and for the big ones, too. This ideology, though, truly boils down to one question. Which of these two scenarios would you rather be in? A, would you rather come in first place and win $2 million? Or would you rather come in second place, win $5 million, knowing that your efforts helped first place win $10 million? I know what I would do. I'm taking that $5 million. I'm cool helping First Place get their $10 million because I know the power that I can do. Because if Jay-Z's Live Nation deal fell in my lap in 2008, I am taking that deal 10 times out of 10. I am not losing sleep about it because I know the power that it can have. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. did enjoy it, I have two asks for you. One, Please tell a friend about it. That's how this continues to grow. And second, please subscribe and rate and review on iTunes. Still the early stages and every little bit of support matters. And if you've enjoyed this content, go ahead and go to Trapital's website. Trapital started as a newsletter. it has now grown on to be a subscription media company. So if you enjoy hearing this podcast and want to support Trapital's goal of elevating the discussion on hip-hop and providing the tools that people need to level up, go ahead and become a Trapital member. Next week's podcast will be coming on Thursday, August 1st. You know what August means? That's been six months since I've been doing Trapital full-time. It's been quite a journey. It's been fun, and maybe I'll talk a little bit about that next month. Stay tuned.